0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cotey with Nissan on News Talk. Right now though we want to talk about the CSO so they've released what might be described as the numerical state of the nation. So this is a kind of the year in numbers, 2023 in numbers. What the what that year looked like as it comes to an end and another year starts. And with me to talk through Uh, The findings and those numbers, Dan O'Brien, who's chief economist at the Institute of International and European Affairs, and John Fitzgerald, adjunct professor in economics at Trinity College, Dublin. Gentlemen, you're both very, very welcome to the show. Dan, um, what does the CSO tell us about the state of the economy last year and the health of the economy?
1: Happy New Year, Kieran and your listeners. Um, do you want the good news or the bad news? At the uh, the-
0: let's start with the good news. I was going to say maybe we'll get okay. up
1: to the good news, but no, let's start with the good news. Okay, so look, inflation in the second half of the year, really big problem since 2021, pretty coming down into much more normal territory in the, in the second half of the year. So that, that's something that's a relief to everyone. Um, things like petrol prices have come down. Um, one stat they included today was that fertiliser, uh, had, in the first half of last year, fell by half in price. Now, fertiliser is pretty important for our food bills, ultimately, and um, that's fallen back so so radically uh, augurs well for food prices. So inflation was good. Uh, uh, probably the best indicator of what's going on with the economy is the labour market. And again, we see uh, still a very strong labour market. So maybe just to put in context... Since we got independence 100 years ago, up to the 1990s, there were only about a million people employed in the economy. That stayed stagnantly stable for 70, 80 years. Now, there are 2.65 million people employed. So, a staggering change between the first 75 years of independence and the last quarter of a century. So, pretty much good news on, on the labour market side as well.
0: And... and- that increase, that the, the the overall increase in number is partly due, I assume, to just the increasing population. But seventy five percent for it to reach that high, what what has driven that? Is that more women I- I in the workplace? Is it people working longer? What is it?
1: The the the, the that seventy five percent you mentioned, Kieran, what, that that's the share of people uh, of working age who are in employment.
0: But what yeah. what what has driven that increase for us to reach seventy five percent?
1: So so, uh, three quarters of people of working age who are are at work. Uh, A lot of things, uh, as you say, um, more women working. We've particularly seen a a bump up in the share of working age women at work since the pandemic. So it seems that the work from home thing has freed up a lot of women or allowed women to take up jobs alongside uh, child minding and other duties that wasn't possible for those people in the past. So there's been a, a bump up in that area as well.
0: What's the bad news then, Dan?
1: Well, the bad news is that we do an awful lot of trade. This, this economy, the reason this economy has grown over the past quarter century has been because of international trade. One of the two really big engines of international trade is the pharmaceutical industry. What we saw last year, very unusual uh, over recent decades, is a decline in the amount we were earning from abroad in the sale of pharmaceutical and chemicals. So that was... A slightly worrying thing. It may be some, you know, sort of pullback from the the spike during the pandemic when obviously those sort of products were in big demand globally. Um, But, uh, you know, there are worries around the pharmaceutical sector. The world's becoming more protectionist, particularly the United States, and we have a very close relationship with the United States. Um, So that that, that may be a bit of a dark cloud.
0: John Fitzgerald, I mentioned, is with us uh, uh, as well. John, what for you stood out amongst the uh, figures released by the CSO today?
2: um i think that the fact that inflation has come down uh, suddenly uh, very uh, uh, to to quite a low level shows that the center the ecb's jo- job is it is, it's working um uh, i also think the employment figures for me all along Are the most reliable on what's happening in the economy and employment in the first nine months of this year is up four percent ours worked are only up two and a half percent and dan identified the pharmaceutical sector and if you look at manufacturing ours worked are down in manufacturing so it looks as if what happened was the pharmaceutical industry was producing um, stuff for vaccines very profitable they really geared up to do that and of course that's fallen off dramatically this year rather than firing the people they've re, they're reallocating them to somewhere else so their hours worked are down so i don't think that this is going to be a long term neg- like if they if they were going to stop producing they'd fire people they're not um so i think that this is a temporary hiccup there one other hiccup is it with apple apple's profits were down last year last year because the iphone 15 they weren't able to launch it because of problems in china due to COVID at the end of the previous year um Uh, they've launched it and uh, give or take what happens with other issues in the US with their watch Um, profits are probably going to return so I think the multinational sector is going to be okay this year um, as well as uh, last year. Uh,
0: uh, Dan when you look into the tea leaves then what do you suspect is going to happen but with the multinational sector you know there's been mention of the pharmaceutical industry within that sector uh, as well and more broadly with the economy
1: Well, look, one of the positive sides is that we earn as much in the sale of services, particularly uh, the sale of computer services. So the two big export engines in the Irish economy are the pharmaceutical sector and the tech sector. Now, there was a big concern about 15 months ago that there was going to be a big shakeout in tech. What do we see? The latest figures for exports of tech computer services Hit another record in the in the in the latest quarterly numbers. So the tech, the concern about the tech wobble never really materialised. Now, as John says, it's perfectly possible that the wobble in the pharmaceutical sector may be temporary. I maybe be a little bit slightly more pessimistic about that, or maybe less optimistic. Uh, but time will, time will tell on that. Um, but in general, the entire economy. The thing that's really surprised me in recent years how resilient both the Irish economy and other Western economies have been. You know, if you went back just even a year ago, there were really apocalyptic um, forecasts for for how things could go. And really, you know, the U.S. economy is booming. Europe, Europe is doing, you know, not great, but surprisingly well. And unemployment is low. So, given that resilience, I'm I'm, I'm broadly optimistic about uh, the year ahead.
0: Okay, um, when I asked then, uh, John, about what we should be concerned about, I mean, how difficult a question is that to answer? Given uh, uh, this conversation in 2020 mightn't have mentioned COVID and in 2022 certainly wouldn't have mentioned uh, the invasion of Ukraine.
2: Well, uh, there are all sorts of things that can go wrong. The uh, volcano Katla in Iceland could explode, which could cause major disruption in Europe. Um, uh, uh, These are things that are unpredictable. Um, There's uncertainty. The corporation tax receipts, which are keeping the government uh, going, um, um. they're probably OK for this year, but longer term, there are risks there um, and tackling climate change is going to be expensive. Um, so and what, the-
0: sorry, what's longer term there, John? Because, you know, we've been hearing warnings from Pascal Donoghue and others for some time, you know, that we can't become reliant on this, you know, long term. The numbers are going to start going in the other direction.
2: We don't know whether they will. They may. It it may continue indefinitely, but it 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 depends on what happens in the United States, um, and U.S. tax law, um, and that is not something we can control, and it is not something that uh, U.S. politics is not predictable at this stage. So I think, um, I, I but for this year, I think, um, for households, what matters is how their income after tax is moving relative to their costs. And wage rates are growing at around 5%. Prices are probably this year going to grow about 3%. So where it, they were about line ball last year in 2023, people were lost out very significantly in 2022. This year, they're going to catch up. So with household income after tax rising, um, people are going to be better off, the bulk of people. Uh, there may be some people with uh, big mortgages or whatever may have a problem. But for the bulk of people, they're going to be better off with wages going up um, and taxes not going up.
0: So, Dan, is it kind of domestically the situation looks pretty healthy? If if, if anything blows us off course, it's going to be global economic trade winds
1: yeah definitely you know the foreseeable but there there aren't the kind of bubble factors that were evident maybe 15 years ago and posed posed a risk of course things can go wrong corporation tax could dry up and uh, and those sort of things but largely it seems to me the risks are external that, for example, you know, things could get much worse in the Middle East, and oil prices could could soar. There could be a closure of of, of sea lanes, and and the supplies disrupted of, of oil, and we could have a you know another big bump, and that would feed through to inflation. So yeah, the things that would certainly worry me about derailing the Irish economy in the short term are the international factors, rather than domestic.
0: All right, uh, John Fitzgerald is the adjunct professor in economics at Trinity College, uh, Dublin. Dan O'Brien is chief economist of the Institute of International and European Affairs. Uh, thank you both very much uh, for joining me here on the uh, show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.